0: welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty
1: and Giuseppe Corallo.
0: Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about the Season 17, Episode 3 of Grey's Anatomy, entitled My Happy Ending. Uh, So spoilers if you haven't seen the episode. Uh, So let's get started. Uh, We're going to start off by doing a quick 30 second recap. Uh, So on this week's episode, uh, it's confirmed that Meredith has COVID-19. We watch her struggle with the disease and her panic over the fact that she might die. Uh, We see the other doctors worry over her and try to help. Uh, As she fades in and out, we are treated uh, to more scenes of her and Derek on the beach uh, and learn more about what that place is. Uh, Meanwhile, Richard steps into his new role. Uh, Some new interns are introduced, and we see Krasik Flounder once again, only to be told he has COVID-19 and must quarantine. Joe, Bailey, Hayes, and Karina deal with a rare and interesting case of a woman whose baby is attached to her liver and links back in the R to help Jackson treat a sex therapist with a wrist injury. All right, so that was the recap. Uh, Giuseppe, why don't you start us off with telling us uh, what your um, kind of thoughts were on this episode?
1: Well, I I thought it was a nice episode, but I don't think it was as, as strong as the premiere. So I thought there was something missing in this episode. Like he, he wants to go somewhere, but actually doesn't. Mm-hmm. And to me, it lacked like the emotional convos for characters, emotional yeah. moments, emotional moments to which I could actually connect, and I think that was because this episode, like the previous one, like the premiere, was actually too patient focused,
2: yeah.
1: and I, I thought, I think that that was not the best choice for the third episode of the season. Since that we're gonna get only six episodes this season. And, you know, I mean, I like episodes which are focused on patients. I actually do like them when the patient's storyline are interesting. Yeah. In this episode, I don't think that were the most interesting cases that we have seen. I mean, just let's think about Joe's patient, Val Ashton, who comes to the hospital with an abdominal, abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. And then she discovers that she's actually pregnant with a baby attached to her liver. Yeah. Well, I thought that that is just the beginning of this case of that storyline. So yeah. it was like a setup, like something will happen in the future, in the following episodes. But I thought this was just the beginning, and then there was the second patient, the sex therapist with the end injury, yeah. and I thought it was not interesting. It was it was not yeah. because, and it was too much. You know what I mean? They kept talking about orgasm and and thirty seven orgasms. <laughs> and how you can achieve them. And I didn't actually th- think that that was funny because it was too much. And, and Grace does this sometimes. Uh, sometimes he works, sometimes he doesn't. And yeah. I think it didn't work for this episode. I mean, as I said, it was a nice episode. It was nice to see how Mare was uh, doing, uh, what other characters we're going through, we discovered at the beginning of the episode that four days have passed since Mer collapsed on the floor. So I I thought there was an an interesting time lapse. So not too much time has passed, but it wasn't the day after, you know? Yeah. So we we find them uh, in an interesting place at the beginning of the episode. And I I, I, I like the beginning. I thought, as I said before, that it was going somewhere and then it didn't. Um, That's why. I didn't love it but again this is Grey's Anatomy so yeah. of course we will always have emotional moments and we had them in this episode maybe we'll talk about them later mm-hmm. uh, but yeah as so I said I I thought I mean Meg Marinis, who wrote this episode mm-hmm. is actually one of my favorite writers on the show and yeah. uh, I, I think she she captures perfectly the tone of the show, the balance between humor and romance and, and heartbreak. Uh, so maybe I went into ep- into this episode expecting too much. Maybe it's also my fault. I'm curious yeah. to see what you thought about this episode. What did you think, Jasmine, about this? I mean, am I overreacting? Or do you think this episode lacked something compared to the previous one?
0: Yeah, I don't think you're overreacting. I do get what you're saying. I, To me, this felt like a connecting episode. And like you said, I think there was a lot of setup for plots that are going to come back or that we're going to continue with later. Um, and I also think that it's hard to follow up a premiere because the premiere was so shocking and so well done yeah. that whatever comes after it always feels like a little bit of a letdown because um, unless it's like a disaster episode, you know what I mean, like in past season. Yeah where it's like, yeah. you know, the aftermath of the disaster, it always feels like a little bit of letdown. And this was an episode for me that I think if it had, if it was some point later on in the season, I would have been like, wow, that was a great episode. Um, but because it was a connecting episode, I liked it. But it obviously, you know, nothing's going to top the premiere. It's not going to be as strong. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, I, again, it wasn't the strongest episode. Um, but uh, I, I did a, I did enjoy it. And I thought the moments, there were some we did get some good character moments, some emotional good character
2: moments,
0: and I I think it sets up a lot of the... between that and the premiere set up a lot of the central kind of uh, conflicts and and kind of uh, ideas of where the characters are going, which is kind of the point of the first few episodes, where we're going this season, and also um, where kind of the roles each character is going to play within the hospital. in terms of their characters this season, so I did. Uh, I did think they did a good job of that. But uh, yeah, for this, it was a it was a connecting episode. Yeah. It was from point A to point B, and and that was the um, uh, that was the point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I. I. I mean, I might. I may be a little bit salty about this, just because, <laughs> as I said, it's just six episodes that, that we're gonna get this year. So yeah. Maybe that's why. I mean, and also, and also. We know last episode ended with this big murder reunion and uh, and it was shocking. it was very o m g and then i i I thought that the scenes between Meredith and Derek i mean, don't kill me, but I thought they were weak, like we get these two characters reuniting on a beach, and I get that they can touch each other because it's it's a metaphor, of course, for Meredith dying, and she can't actually get closer to him because she's alive because she's worried about the kids and all this stuff so i get that we couldn't have that moment but i hoped like for a more meaningful conversation which i'm sure will happen but why not make it happen in this episode i mean this was the follow-up to that moment and i think it didn't actually live up to that you know so yeah i thought there were scenes for a week i thought They were repetitive because we kept seeing them on the beach on the opposite side of the beach and it was always the same all the time the same thing happening over and over and I was like oh my god please let something happen and this Derek waving at Meredith uh, I mean at the beginning it was cute now I think it's cringy I mean stop doing that just do something else you know what I mean and I'm talking as a big murder fan yeah no i i think that yeah they're disappointing me as well mary's dream i didn't love it not as much as the ending from last week's episode
0: yeah i mean i I think it's one of those it's never going to top last week's i yeah i definitely could have been stronger um they kind of felt like more of like a teaser trailer of what's to come and i felt like that like i felt like in a way that a lot of the scenes we saw this week for many of the characters were like it's like it was like a promo for what we're gonna see, <laughs> you know. It had that vibe. Yeah. To um, although I did think it was kind of funny, and I, I know people are probably split on this, but um, when Derek kept saying the sand isn't real, and so Meredith takes a running start at it, trips and falls, and then he laughs, and she's like, "I hate you," and he's like, "You don't hate me. You love me. And God knows I love you." And I really did like that moment when she gets up, and and they're laughing because mm. it kind of reminded me of what I liked about Derek Shepard as a character and how Patrick Dempsey brought him to life in that Meredith and Derek love each other very much. I loved their their story. Um, I still do. Um, but Derek could be kind of an ass sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes he would do things, especially in the early seasons, just to mess with people or just because he could. He kind of had the edge to him. And I you kind of forget about that if you haven't seen those early yeah. episodes in a while. Um and so I did kind of like that moment that felt very, very true, where she's like, oh, my God. So I I, I thought that was a, I did like that moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you that, you know, um, I was expecting them to, to kind of deliver more with this episode. And maybe we went into it with too high expectations. And I feel like they're going to be dropping stuff throughout the remaining episodes. And then maybe next, the next episode we see, episode four, um, is going to deliver in In that way, and uh yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It felt like they were kind of teasing us with this, and I was expecting them to deliver a bit more this episode.
1: yeah, I mean, I mean the, the last sentence that Derek says to Meredith at the end of the episode is uh i mean i'm uh I'm here when when you're ready, so of course they're gonna interact more, and of course she can reach him, but I mean, he just said one sentence, <laughs> I mean, not just one, but he kept saying. The sand isn't real. That this time, I have to be honest, didn't resonate it resonated with me as well. When, like, the, he, uh, Danny, the ghost of Danny, when he yes. came back for Easy, he kept saying, I'm here for you, is And that was actually haunting and also what's going on. And also, it was heartbreaking. And I didn't feel this this time. It just felt, can I say stupid? Yeah, I'm going to say it. It just felt stupid. The sand isn't real. And I know that you, you liked it actually, the the line and the uh, and this about in uh, this dialogue about the sand, right?
0: Yeah, I did, but but I do get I do get what you what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I I I I felt differently about it, but I, I do kind of get what you mean. Um, they had
1: so much to talk about, so much.
0: Yes, agreed, and I feel like that com- This kind of implies to me that the com- the deep conversation about the kids, uh, Amelia where her life is at um i feel like that's coming later Um, oh you
1: think they will talk about they will talk about amelia you think that
0: i i I would i would like to see it i mean a big part of um the kids is an obvious one but um a big part of i think amelia's storyline in season 14 when they realize that she has a brain tumor and that um you know and then she's and when she gets her roof, she starts to get her addiction under control and starts you know living her best life and gets into a healthy relationship with Link and, you know, has a baby and is there for Meredith's kids. Um, You know, that's what Meredith and Derek always, always wanted for me. They wanted her to be healthy and sane and happy. And she finally gets to have that, but in a bittersweet way, in the wake of Derek's death, he's not there to see it. So I I, I would like to see them talk about it. I mean, they might not, but uh, to me, the obvious choice there is talking about the kids. And and Amelia, that's that's to me, that's the obvious choice.
1: Well, at this point, I just hope they will talk. You know, we <laughs> <laughs> will actually talk, and not about the sand. What about. Well, the, I,
2: I think they're not talking about. about the sand. I think it's done.
1: No, yeah, I think it's. Let's hope so. Now, I <laughs> think this line, the sand, isn't real. I think it's gonna make a comeback. I'm sure of it. And I think we'll actually get a meaningful interaction between the two of them in the mid season finale.
2: Mm. I mean, I have
1: this idea that, I mean, Meredith my, is about to die, like she's flatlining,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: she can get close to him. Yes. And then yes. they're about to kiss, or just I don't know, something will happen between the two of them. And then, of course, she will come back to the land of the living, and she won't see Derek. But we'll know that he's going to be there for her when she will eventually die. And I hope that she will never die. I mean, I hope they, they don't make her die because actually I think that, you know, I like I know that some people like the, the neat ending to a show when you know they show us the characters 20 years later or how they died, but I actually don't. I like to imagine that Meredith is gonna be immortal and that she's gonna <laughs> live forever. You know, I, I like this idea of her living forever for the rest of her life. I mean, not for the rest of her life, but like forever in that whole sort of Seattle Grace. I mean, now it's not Seattle Grace, but anyway. So yeah, I think I think it's gonna be interesting to see the two of them interact again. I, I really hope that they do it in a different way next time.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that she is, I think in a later episode, we are going to see her flatline and presumably like I would say she's probably going to code for a few minutes, like a few Mm -hmm. minutes in real lifetime could be an eternity where she is on that beach. And that's when they'll finally be able to connect and, you know, sit next to each other and embrace and talk. And I feel like they they will have that meaningful conversation. And then, um, you know, they'll, they'll shock her. They'll bring her back to land living. And I'd like to see Derek and, potentially anybody else that winds up on that beach kind of walk her back you know what I mean like they yes we walk her back along the beach to where that log and kind of the yes walkway yes. is and she she chooses to walk back because I I feel strongly that it has to be her choice to walk back because as they've addressed multiple times with her previous dear death encounters you know walking back is a choice and especially for a married someone who has dealt with being you know being passively suicidal has been through a lot of trauma um yeah I would like to see a um a a return to that kind of motif and um and I, I think we will see that I think I just like you I think I was expecting to see more of that this episode but it looks like it's coming uh it's coming later um the other thing I was talking about is um uh, is the fact that, you know, this episode did confirm that Meredith has COVID and we see her back the disease. Uh, Do you wanna kind of share what your thoughts are on that if you have any?
1: Well, I I thought it was done pretty well. I mean, we have to remember that Meredith gets COVID like at the beginning of the COVID uh, crisis. So doctors still didn't know how to actually, I mean, they still don't know how to actually cure it, but now they have, uh, bigger means. They, they know what therapy works, what, what kind of therapy works and what doesn't. And so I think it's interesting to see this journey through the eyes of Meredith and through the eyes of the people were are next to her or worse, you know, yeah, and then were were near to her. And so I thought it was very well done. I really liked it. And I as I said last time, uh, I think the, the, they're approaching COVID very well mm-hmm. because they're actually showing us the emotional, uh, the emotional, the, the emotional part of the disease. So mm-hmm. this time we also get to see how, uh, what the disease actually looks like with Meredith coughing and with Meredith having um, difficulty to breathe. I, I thought that was interesting, but also. This storyline, I, I like it because in a way, it's like it's never been done before. I, I mean, I know that Meredith had her appendix out, uh, part of her liver, but this is the first time, I mean, it's not the first, I mean, yes, it is the first time because if you think about season three, when she drowns, mm-hmm. she couldn't talk to people. Well, now she's lying laying, lying in a bed and she's actually talking to people and she ex- she's expressing her fears, what she wants, what she expects from the people who surround her and how she wants to be treated. And I thought that was very emotional because at the end of the day, Meredith is the emotional core of the show. So I thought that open, opened up lots of interesting uh, path, uh, storyline path for Meredith. For example, Meredith and Richard, I, I think that was like the best part of the episode and the the storyline about her uh, changing her, her power of attorney you yeah. know uh, i thought that was very interesting and i mean my heart was actually my my heart broke when you know she realized that alex couldn't be the person that her power of attorney i, mean, I because for a moment i thought why not but then I get it. And I, yeah. I think that, yeah, and I think that our choice was very beautiful. I think it was a very nice callback to season 10 mm-hmm. um, when Richard was actually laying on the bed and he was about to die. And so I thought that was a very interesting And But there, was one th- there is one thing about this storyline which actually bothers me a lot. I mean, it's not the COVID part, but it's the fact that nobody mentions Christina. I mean, Mm -hmm. how hard is to say, you know, I just heard Christina. She thinks that we should do that. Well, I mean, I know that she can get on a plane because of COVID, of course, but come on, just show us something, show us a text Mm -hmm. show like a snippet of dialogue, but tell us, I mean, this is something that I, never liked even in season 12 when meredith gets attacked by the, the, that patient you know do you remember that story oh, i'm yeah. sure you do yes. yeah they never mentioned christina i mean of course christina is in touch with her but yeah. why don't they tell us i think that would be an important plot point you know
0: yeah just I to say i was expecting hayes to bring her up like oh yeah. I know Yang or something so i was surprised that that wasn't uh part of the dialogue but did uh I'm wondering if it might be brought like next episode because she's going to be sick for a while. Um, I hope so. Uh, I agree with you, and and I wanted to say that I I agree with you. I really liked um, the Richard Emeritus scene, and uh, and and as you know, anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows um, I, I got my scene because I was saying that I wanted that I felt like a Richard Emeritus mm-hmm. scene was missing from last yeah. season and the premiere because, you know, uh, they haven't been able to spend much time together with him going to pack North and then, you know, everything that's been going on and, uh, him getting sick and now she's sick. Um, I loved, uh, I loved their scene together. Um, I think I, I agree with you. I think that Meredith made the right choice, um, to change her power of attorney to Richard. Um, I love the call back too, where he's like, is this payback for, for what I did <laughs> years ago when sure. I made you my power of attorney? Um, and like Hayes says now, I also, we'll talk about this later, but I love the interaction between Meredith and Hayes and how he. Me
2: too. Uh,
0: Hayes says, you know, you should pick somebody, if you have to change, you should pick somebody who loves you enough to choose you over and over again, but also someone yeah. that's going to respect your wishes. And he gives the example of, she's like, well, is that what you did for your wife? And he says, and she says, uh, he said, well, no, my, my wife's power returning was her sister. Um, and no matter, you know, she, she kept making us do things even though we didn't want them to, We drove us nuts. Um, uh, and that the marriage should pick somebody, he recommends the marriage pick somebody that's going to love her enough to keep fighting for her, but respects her wishes. And Richard, um, out of all the people in Seattle, I think is that person that he loves her enough to do absolutely everything to save her life. But if she becomes too far gone, Richard, having watched Ellis and Adele die of Alzheimer's, would not torture Meredith. He would, if it was time, he would do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Meredith knows that. And I loved their scene together. I thought it was really beautiful. You know, her saying that she's not ready to go. Her kids, when she says, um, you know, my kids need me. And he says, you know, we all need you. And he blows her a kiss through his suit.
1: That was uh, a beautiful I moment. absolutely love
0: that. I found that so, so touching. And to also just touch on the Alex thing. I love that we got an Alex reference. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters. I really miss him. And because, you know, in a perfect road, COVID not happening, you know, in, in the room, Alex would be able to come in person to Seattle. Um, But with COVID, obviously, he cannot get on a plane, right? And then they've like, they established we're in like April. So we the characters can definitely yeah. not get on a plane at this time.
1: Um, but do you think they talked, the two of them, the Meredith and Alex talked,
0: absolutely I, I think they did so she easy.
1: also talked to easy
0: yeah i i i because when she you know she, but last we heard meredith was still kind of pissed at alex but when she talks to bailey about it that she says that you know i know alex will, will do this if i need him to I, I absolutely think she talked to alex and izzy and christina uh, after, why
1: don't they tell us i mean th- i don't
0: know no. um, and uh, something i did want to touch on too is that uh you know i know i know some people were probably hoping they would keep it as alex but as bailey says to her it can be difficult to make these decisions over the yeah. phone And I did want to touch on that from a personal experience in that um, I, as a person recently, well, I guess not recently, but last year I had my medical paperwork updated because I had that realization as, you know, we're all getting older. And um, I realized if I didn't have paperwork in place, that uh, it would go to one of my family members. And I realized, well, they may not want from me what I would want. And I need somebody in my own city who could be called in an emergency and stand there in person. And so I, Mm -hmm. I, as much as I, you know, I would have, love to see more with Alex. Um Bailey's right is that it has to be someone who should something happen to you, somebody can call into the room or outside of the room who can stand next to you and say yes, no. And only someone in your in your city can do that for you. Um I agree. So I yeah, as much as I would have liked to have seen Alex um, or to have more dialogue there. Um I also did like that she made it she changed it to Richard, it fit for me. And uh and I thought they made a, a good a good choice, and a, a choice that somebody would make in in real life.
1: Um, I thought she. I actually thought she was going to choose Bailey because I thought Bailey. I thought could,
0: that too for a minute. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bailey could have been a valid choice, you know.
0: No, absolutely. There's a lot of valid choices there. Uh, Richard makes sense, but you know, Bailey would have made sense too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we also had like a different different storyline. <laughs> about amelia and link yeah yeah i in a way i i i get that right now they're like the relief part of the episode you know uh stuff at the hospital right now of course it's so intense
0: I'm saying, you know, they're kind of the, the comic relief or the kind of the lighter...
1: Yeah, the lighter yeah. Relief. Or we might say the sexy relief. I mean, this yeah. show needs romance and the show needs to show us sexy scenes. And actually, right now, they can do that with no one, with anyone. I mean, they just can't because, for example, Megan and Western are just FaceTiming each other and there are no other couples on the show right now, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, apart from Richard and Catherine and... Betty and Ben are separated. Yeah. Joy is single. Levi and Nico are like on and off. Yeah. Meredith is, I mean, there there is actually no couple in the show right now. So.
0: I mean, couples, but they're, I think what we're trying to get at here is that they're, they, they can't show them on screen the way they yeah. would really be able to do so. And that's presenting challenges.
1: Yeah. Very difficult challenges. I get that. But I mean, I like that last scene, you know, I mean, Link is very hot. So, of course, yeah, we liked know, it.
0: have Chris Carmack take his shirt off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we liked did. it. We appreciated. Yeah. Him getting in. You know, it was. Yeah. He was. He's very hot. He really yes. is. I mean, but means, at the same yeah. time, he felt like a repeat. Mm-hmm. Like something that we have already seen, like yes. last week. So, yeah. I think they're trying too much. And again, mm-hmm. this is what I was saying before about the sex therapists too much.
0: Yeah, a little bit gratuitous, a little bit, um, and I think we're both trying to get at here, is that like, I don't have a problem with that on principle, but because...
1: Oh, no, absolutely not, of um, course.
0: Because only Emily Link, they can really show that right now because of COVID, because of the setup, and because they can't show the other characters in that way right now, because they're they're kind of the only ones right now, um, it feels like, it's, like they're a bit over, a bit gratuitous, but they're, like they're overdoing it because you know when everyone's doing it it's like okay whatever cool like that's a big part of the show and it always has been but when only certain people can and everybody else can't due to real life and fictional restrictions um it feels a bit uh over the top i think
1: yeah i absolutely agree and i hope i mean i don't think next episode we are going to get sexy scenes between the two of them because i mean she's going to be worried about Meredith so i i don't think that will actually happen but i i I guess they have to turn it down a little bit, and you know, just let them the two the two. I, I would like to see the two of them talking and about stuff. And I mean, they do, they do talk, but then you know, it always leads to a sex uh, encounter. And again, as you said, that's fine. But why show? Why why they keep showing this to us? I mean, there are other aspects to the relationship that in my opinion, uh, need to be explored more.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: vulnerable parts, you know?
0: Yeah, and I'm hoping to see, um, like in the promo we see for next season, no, sorry, not not next season, Next <laughs> except, um, uh, you know, we see that there's, I um, see where, you know, Amelia says that, you know, Meredith is not getting better um, and it appears her condition may have worsened. She's talking to link about it. And I would, um, I'm interested to see I'm hoping they're going to address—not that I want her to slip or anything—but that they're going to address um, how that may be affecting uh, Amelia mentally and her sobriety, because you know, being sane, being sober, is something Amelia has struggled with, struggled with all through private practice, struggled with for most of her run on Grey's. Only really got that under control um, starting with season fourteen, really, and so it's only been a you know about three seasons, and you know, um, having your your sister. Um, you know, someone that was, that was married to her, her, her brother that she loved, um, having that person taking care of their children, having that person get sick and maybe not get better, you know, would be tough on anybody in a pandemic. Um, but especially someone who has struggled with her sobriety, who has struggled to be sane and healthy, um, who has struggled in that way. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to see some vulnerable scenes with Link and Amelia and him comforting her or supporting her because we, you know, Lincoln and Amelia got together after Amelia got better. So we haven't really yeah. seen them connect over that issue, whereas we saw Owen and Amelia, um, and Amelia and, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, but her Amelia, loving- no.
1: hmm? Are you talking about private practice? Yeah. And um, um, I, I think, I mean, I never watched those after Pete, no.
0: No, um, no. no, I don't Pete. remember his name. But anyways, her, her loving just on-
1: Jack, Jack. No.
0: Uh, yeah, on um, on private practice. So we never really know. got to see that with with Link yet, so I'm hoping that we're going to see some scenes in i um, I'm obviously rooting for Vermilia to find a way to handle it because um, she's worked so hard to get to this place. And I feel like they've kind of run out of road in terms of her being a basket case. Like, don't get me wrong, because Candace does an amazing job, but they have played that story out over two shows. And I like her her happy. I like her healthy. Let's talk about the vulnerability there. I want to see that.
1: Yeah, me too. And before we talk about a very beautiful, vulnerable moment of the episode, I have to say one last thing about that Amelia Link scene. Mm -hmm. What about the kids? What if Zola (laughs) wakes up? That was my best friend Amy's comment. She's like, no,
0: seriously, she was like, I hope those fences are high and I really hope those kids don't wake up because that's a little concerning.
1: I mean, come on. They they will see like their (laughs) aunt and uncle (laughs) doing nasty stuff. I mean, that's no, come on. You can't do that in the backyard of your house when there are three, I mean, four kids, but three kids who who could actually see you. So no, no, come on. That yeah. didn't feel true, you know. That moment, I don't know why. No, I, anyway, it was I was I was talking about being vulnerable mm-hmm. and having honest conversation and beautiful conversation. And I think in this episode that happened with Maggie and Winston. Yes. I think that. I, I think that my favorite scene of the episode is when Maggie and Winston uh, they're talking, they're Facetiming, and there. I mean, Maggie is in the closet, and she is desperate because she has lost another patient. And she talks about the privilege that she she never thought that the day would come in which she would say that the, that it's a privilege to hold your mother's hand while mm-hmm. she's dying. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful line and I thought that was very emotional. And I think that this is actually happening too much. I think this is like the the, I mean, yes, people, death is horrible, but dying alone, mm-hmm. that's, That's something, I I can't even imagine what it feels like to be a relative of these people who are actually dying in the real world. And that's so devastating. So I thought that was a beautiful moment. And I always like when the writers remember about Maggie's mother, because I think that the death of Maggie's mother was a very important point in Maggie's Mm storyline. And I mean, it led us to Jackson and Maggie okay (laughs) that that's true but it also made Maggie grow you know yeah she grew as a
0: character because of that experience
1: yeah yeah she grew as a character because of the experience because she she she, her mother was like not only the the biggest loss she has ever endured but also the the first one the first important one and I think Mm -hmm. that that made her grow up so when they when they come back to this to that moment, I always like it. And yeah, that, that was a very emotional scene. What do you think about the two of them?
0: Uh, I agree. And I also really liked the callback. And I I kind of pictured a scene like this in my head. I was glad that we got to see it where, um, where Meredith is talking to Richard and she riles off why certain people can't be her power of attorney. And she says, you know, and, I, and to your point, I would have liked to, you know, for her to have said, you know, Alex, is too, Alex and Christina are too far away. I wish I'd thrown a line in there about that. That would have been nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but I like where, you know, she says, you know, um, Amelia, you know, has struggles to, you know, to figure out what she's making the kids for lunch. Um, Maggie doesn't know when it's time to let go and and she wasn't being cruel when she says I don't think I think Meredith is just a very practical person and she's going I love my sisters but Lexi's dead Christina's too far away. Amelia and Maggie wouldn't be able to make this call for me they're too close to me they would yeah. they would struggle with it it would hurt them I, I I don't want to be kept alive because they they can't bear to pull the plug um and so she picks Richard because she's like someone like you know, You'll fight for me, but you also know when it's time to go. And I think with age comes wisdom. And I I think Richard's at his strongest when he's not that I don't enjoy the juicy storylines, but I think Richard's at his strongest as a character when he's the wise, he's kind of the wise men of the show. He's the he's yeah. the steady hand. And I uh, so I really like that. And and to your point about Maggie and Winston, um, I love them as a couple so far. He really seems to get her. I thought Kelly McCreary, who plays Maggie, did an amazing job of the closet, of the supply closet scene where she breaks down because, you know, saying, you know, what a privilege it was to get to hold her mother's hand, how her patient, I think Doris is her name, deserved a, a way better death than that. Um, how it breaks her heart that she can't, that, that she wasn't able to give her the death identity with her family that she deserved. There's nothing she can do. I also love that they're using Maggie to highlight the fact that people of color, particularly women of color are being disproportionately affected by this disease because they are already so disadvantaged, uh, in so many other ways, like socially, like in our society. And, um, I think that's, I think that hits the point. It gets the point across to a global audience without, you know, without, um, overdoing it like it states it mm-hmm. matter of factly and, and by showing it with Maggie who is a woman of color herself and, and and you know that's something that the actress has spoken out, uh, about a lot you know those kinds of issues using her to, to show that it's like this is real it's happening you know the fact that leadership doesn't care about this is is sickening and it highlights it without going over the top with it um I thought she did an incredible job I felt her heartbreak through the screen and cinematography wise I love the shot where they did the pan over and it they made it look like Maggie and Winston were on the opposite sides of the same wall.
1: Yeah.
0: That was Yeah. Kevin
1: McKid. Kevin McKid directed yes. this episode. A, and he, he made, made
0: Yeah. He made um, a great job. He did a great job. And I have to say, as much as I'm not an Owen fan, Kevin McKid is a person seems like a lovely person. And I he yeah. does a good job directing. Like I thought that was a beautiful shot. Um so yeah, I like that Maggie and Winston are kind of each other's rocks right now. And I thought the cinematography was beautiful. I thought the acting was well done. I think they're, high, they're, choos- they're using her character to highlight two very important real life issues. And uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was beautifully done.
1: Yes, I mean, Maggie had some, some very big emotional scenes in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm talking also about this scene about Maggie and Teddy. When, when Maggie asks Teddy, who's Mary's doctor in this episode, are yeah. you good? Because I need you to swear that you have this. I can't be your doctor. I have to be your sister. Yes. I, I thought that was beautifully acted by yes. by Kelly McCree. So, yeah. Yeah. She had beautiful scenes in this episode. I agree.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, the other thing I do want to talk about kind of coming off of that is I really enjoyed the scenes with, um, uh, with Meredith and Bailey as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I- absolutely. Look when these characters get together, uh, you were talking before about Meredith and Richard and how much you like the scenes between the two of them, but yeah. the same applies for Meredith and Betty. And I think these scenes work so well because they are the OG characters of the show. Yes. They have so much history and past between uh, between the two of them mm-hmm. that you actually feel that there is a real connection there because it's not a story that has been told to us. It's a story that we have We didn't, we didn't, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, we witnessed it. And uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. And I love, I I loved her scene where, you know, Bailey sits down next to her and goes, you know, if this gets any worse, like I know how much, uh, Crab, I know how much Alex means to you. Well, these decisions are difficult over the phone. You know that. And I think you need to pick somebody in Seattle who can stand next to us and do this. And she's like, you know what? I trust Alex to pull the plug. And she's like, I know, but it's really better if someone's here in person. Um, and I thought there was a very, such a tender moment between yeah. them, and I mean, also kudos to the acting. I mean, even though you know Bailey's in full PPE, Meredith is in a hospital bed wearing a mask. Um, you 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 feel the emotion and you feel the bond. And you know those characters have kind of gone up and down. You know, they had times where they're very close, times where they're completely at odds. But they're always kind of there for each other when when they need each other. And um, I've also thought that it was very beautiful about Bailey's arc as a character, because, you know, the joke is she starts off in the pilot being like, I don't like you and that's not going to change. Yeah,
1: well, they changed, actually. They changed, that changed a lot.
0: Yeah, she becomes yeah. Sort of a mother hen too. Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah. On their journey, and,
0: and they remain. Made- and also,
1: when they hold their hands, I thought that was a beautiful shot. Yes. You know, Bailey taking Mary's hands. That, that made me emotional.
2: Yeah, I'm starting to
1: choke up. <laughs> yes, I, I. No, okay. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna do something more because I want to hear you cry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what about the beautiful scene between Meredith and Ace? I mean, everybody knows at this point that we love the two of them. But I thought that scene was beautiful. The fact that he's out there waiting for her, giving mm-hmm. her advices, telling her to choose who someone who will choose you over and over again and the way he looks at her and the fact that he lingers outside her home even when the call is actually finished you know i thought that was beautiful also because at the beginning of the episode he tells maggie don't say anything to me don't say Mary i because then she would feel important too important yes. i yeah there was a beautiful moment and yes. i hope they keep showing us this bonding moments between the two of them because they had such good chemistry and I, I think it's beautiful that on, on one end we have Meredith on that beach with the love of her life but on the other end there is the life happening. As Krista Vernoff said the, in this season it's a battle between darkness and light mm-hmm. and I see Ace like the light for Meredith's life like someone that she might actually spend the rest of her life with when she wakes up. So I'm very excited about the two of them.
0: And um, I loved, I loved, so I I like that we get our first real Maggie and Hayes interaction. Oh yes. In this episode, because, you know, they interacted at the conference, but it was very brief. And um, so I I love the scene where, you know, Maggie comes out and she's just like, she's giving the time of death to the nurse and she's like, gosh, like, no, I've gotten to know her daughter, I'll call. She's like, gosh darn, I lost another patient. And she looks up and, and sees Hayes and they chat and she goes, are you lost? And he goes, no, you know, um, it's kind of quiet on Pete's. I, I thought I'd come up here, up here and help. Yes, he how Meredith is doing. And then Maggie, they talk and then he, she goes, you know, uh, do you want me to say hi? And he's like, no, no, I don't want her to think she's special. And the joke <laughs> works in that scene because the implication there is that Hayes thinks she's very special. Maggie yeah. knows that. She knows that they have a bond. She knows about the feelings she, and that she has a similar opinion on uh, Hayes and Amelia does. You know, when Hayes ties Amelia's shoe in the previous season, she tells Meredith, they like, oh, that's a very well-wrapped package and that she's a fan. <laughs> and then, you know, we see that Maggie, it, it's not the same kind of moment, but it's, you know, her kind of going, like, I see you and I, I'm, you have my support. And um, that, that to me, you know, I major points to Hayes on that one because at this point we've got, you know, Christina sent him, Amelia's a fan, uh, Maggie's a fan, um, you, know, uh, Bailey, um, uh, you know, he's impressed Bailey, you know, he's kind of, Joe's a fan.
1: Everybody's on board, everybody's yes. on board. And we are as well. And as much as we love a slow burn. Yes. That's enough. We want to see them <laughs> kissing each other and doing and doing what Amelia and Link are actually doing right now in the show, you know? Yeah. That would be fun, right? Yes. Ace Getting undressed <laughs> in yes, the I, backyard. I,
0: yes, I, I agree. And uh with this story, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love a slow burn as much as the next person. I love their slow burn last season. But because we got half a season of slow burn, I'm at the point with this story where, don't get me wrong, I love <laughs> it. But I'd like, right now it's like a slow burn. Essentially, you know, we've got some embers going on. I'd like this to... Become a raging fire. I want something I can roast a marshmallow on. Like
1: oh I want- yes, I like that image. Yeah, absolutely. I, yes.
0: I want I want them, to, you know, they've established that they're close friends, they have a bond, her friends are supportive, they can talk openly uh, about their dead spouses, about their children, about difficult and vulnerable things. We've seen them be really vulnerable with each other. They've established that. And I I, I like that they did establish that first because one of my um um not criticisms but just kind of something that always kind of irked me is that with meredith from season one onward we see her jump feet first in these relationships and then something yeah. happens they blow up in her face and i kind of got to the point recently where i was like how many times are they going to have her do the exact same thing and so yeah. like i got a bit repetitive for me and so um to see her with Hayes is this is something different which i like um but yeah i'd like to see them pick it up i mean i do think that is influenced by covid i think if uh if this had not happened, you know, it seemed implied to me the end the last season, we would have seen them go for that drink. We would have seen that date. We would have seen that progression, but because of... Yes,
1: I'm sure of it. Because of COVID, that didn't down. happen. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, and
0: just to talk about the scene for this episode, um, yeah, I love how he comes to see her, that I, I, you know, I saw people speculating before this air that he was the one she was talking to. I love how that turned out to be right. Um, I love their kind of friendly, flirty banter. I love how he gives her some great advice. I love that you know we see her ask about his wife, Abigail, because we've seen um, him ask about Derek and her past relationships and her talk about that. It's implied that they've talked about Abigail, but this is the first kind of instance we really see of a real conversation. Um, we learn more about his relationship with his wife and his sister-in-law. Um, again, I love his quote about, you know, choose somebody who will choose you over and over again but that loves you enough to respect your wishes. And yeah. I, I feel that that also while they're talking about her health, I feel like it also applies to her love life in that uh, marriage love life. And that like, you know, a lot of her past relationships have been guys where, you know, not to say she's perfect, but, you know, she chooses these guys and then something happens either because, you know, there's something they haven't disclosed or something unforeseen occurs and they wind up choosing something else over or she feels that way. And I like that they established Hayes as a person is somebody who, when he commits to something, he commits. And I also like the implication. I had a moment where I thought she might pick Hayes to be her power of attorney, but then he said that. Oh,
1: I thought that too for a moment. Yes. Yes.
0: I had that moment, but then I'm like, he makes that line about choose somebody that will choose you over and over again. And the implication there is, and he talks about how like, you know, his wife's sister did everything to possibly save her and how that drove him and his boys nuts. Um, and that the implication there is she can't pick Hayes because he cares about Meredith enough that he would he would do everything to save her, and he's smart enough to know that that's not that's not like the implication there is that this can't be me because i I care about you too much like i'd I'd keep fighting. So you want someone who can detach themselves. um yeah. I love the way like the way he looks at her, I love you know, kind of their interaction, the way he keeps kind of he stays there for a minute afterwards he tells her to to get some rest uh his his great line about um you know was she um you know to everybody else she's saying oh i'm gonna be fine i'm gonna keep fighting you know everything's gonna be fine and then he's the first person we see her be truly vulnerable with where she says i don't want to go to sleep because i'm scared i won't wake up Um, i
1: didn't notice that you're right you're right she's strong when she's yeah she puts up a mask on when she's with everybody else, and then with Ace, she's actually vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. right observation. Makes, yeah,
0: he makes that joke about you know, like pick something like me, like I'm cold and I I couldn't care less about junior you kids, and and, the, and again, the joke works because you know the implication there is it's a joke. Like he obviously cares very deeply for her and her family, so it, it couldn't be him. Um, and then he follows it up by saying, you know, um, you're, you know, everyone's scared of you. Do you know why? It's, it's not because you're a scary person. It's because you know you're fierce and you're brave and you fight over the stupidest little things, and you, you know, you've got grit and determination and you, you fight and this disease is nothing on you because you fight for everyone around you and everything so hard. You just need to remember that, and out of that moment comes her talking to Richard, making him her power of attorney and saying, I'm not up until that point, she's like, she's worried about dying, but she's putting on a brave face. And after she talks to Hayes, her comment to Richard is, I'm not ready to die. My kids need me. I'm I want to fight and I want someone who's gonna fight for me. And um I thought that was very beautiful. And I love how he was there to support her and, and tell her exactly what she needed in 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 that moment.
1: And then we had the shock, another shock at the end of the episode. Tom is COVID positive. Yes. He's COVID positive. And I I mean, I'm sorry for him, but at the same time, I thought that, you know, Owen is the one who breaks the news to him. And Teddy's in the room in that moment. And I actually loved that line where Owen looks at Teddy and he says to her, you know, you should put your mask back on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah. I thought that was very funny. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry about Tom, but at the same time, I think that anything is possible right now because he, him getting um, COVID and Meredith having COVID at the same time, it's a bit, it's a little bit, you know, weird. So I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know, Jasmine. I think they might kill him off to show us how this virus can be deceiving and at the beginning we actually don't see it and then it happens suddenly. I don't know I'm very worried about Tom. I really am.
0: Yeah I I, I share your feelings why well, I really like Tom as a character. I think he's very interesting and complex. I, I definitely got a vibe off this episode you know for, since the new season started. Tom has been floundering. He's not prepared to deal with the the pandemic to, and to lead the hospital through it. Richard, like I said, shines in this role because he—I mean—he's led Grace Sloan.
1: Well, I, Richard has always been the chief of the chief yeah. chiefs. Like yeah.
0: his line, I can't remember what season this is in, but he says he says something to one of the characters like, "Once it's Mister President, it's always Mister President." Yes. Once yeah. it's a big chief, it's well, always chief. Um, I
1: also loved the line about from Bailey when where she when she says. Oh, you know, Richard is going to come back to the OR after, uh, to DR after he, will, uh, he adjusts his crown. I thought that was yeah. a very funny remark. Yeah, so you were saying about Tom?
0: Yes. So I, I think Richard is the right role to be chief of chiefs in that, you know, everyone respects him. We see him immediately step up to the plate. He sinks his teeth into it. He's having to be back in action after being out because of COVID poisoning. You know, he comes down to the tent and, you know... I can't remember what it is, but he fixes something and, and no one says, oh God, I was after crassic fat for weeks. Thank you so much. And he gets enough tests for the whole hospital. Um, yeah. Bailey's like, you know, um, I've got stuff I want. And He's like, send me an email. We'll get it done. Um, he's adapting <laughs> and he's, she's like, when do you email? And he's like, times have changed and he's willing. I think that's, um, we're going to get back to Tom in a second, but I, I just want to say, I think that's Richard's strength as a character is he could just be the old man that kind of fades away but he's strong in the sense that he sometimes he falls but then he gets back up he adapts he moves forward and he remains a a landmark at this hospital that he's helped build because of that and I think people like that in real life do shine in a crisis you know um and I loved his speech to Tom about you know he Tom seems to see him, putting him in charge of the new interns as a punishment. But Richard says, I didn't do this as a punishment. I did this because you taught Amelia Shepard and Amelia Shepherd is one of the best neurosurgeons we've ever had, um, the other one being Derek, of course. And you know, if you can teach her, I thought you you would be great for this. And, you know, he's, he, I think Richard's very sincere, but Tom doesn't seem to take it to heart. And, you know, we see him continuing to flounder these few episodes. Then at the end, you know, he says, Teddy, you know, Teddy decides to approach him and, you know, and basically now she suddenly wants to talk after ignoring the guy for months, which I was very rude of him. Can,
1: can, 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 can we say that right now, Teddy's like actually the worst? <laughs>
0: I'm not a fan of her right now. I'll say that.
1: Um, I mean, I like her, but she's the worst with Owen, with, uh, with Tom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She, she's not great right now. And so, you know, I, I liked his line that, you know, like, uh, like you broke my heart, but I'm, I'm still in love with you. And so I have to do something to get over you because basically, you know, she keeps crawling, you know, she got into a relationship with Tom because Owen picked Amelia. And then the minute she started feeling insecure about her and Owen's relationship over something that turned out to be nothing that she could have simply cleared up by just talking to Amelia like a normal human. Um, (laughs) You know, she ran to Tom and she keeps running to Tom every time something goes wrong with Owen or she thinks there's something wrong with her and Owen. And I did like that Tom kind of had that moment of like, you know, um... I love you, but you keep doing this and this isn't fair to me. And love or hate Tom, like he's right on that. It's not fair to him. Uh, It doesn't have to be fair to Owen. And that moment where, you know, he thinks Owen's kidding when he's like, oh, you've tested positive. He's like, oh yeah, kicking a dog when he's down. Like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, seriously, you've tested positive and you, you need to go home and quarantine. I I did like that moment. Like you said, I also thought it was very funny. And I I did kind of get this vibe as much, and I'm not saying I want this to happen because I like Tom as a character, but that he, I I got this vibe that they're, they're working towards writing him off because it doesn't appear that him and Teddy are getting back together. Amelia, who's his friend, is on Um, maternity leave and will be for quite some time because she's taking care of Meredith's kids as well he's on the outs with Catherine he's floundering in this pandemic and something I noticed too was I when when Catherine demotes him she doesn't say okay you go back you can be head of neuro in Amelia's absence she demotes him to a neurosurgeon only Mm -hmm. so somebody else is running neuro in Amelia's absence, um, and it's not Tom, and he's he's floundering. So I kind of got, I got that vibe that they'll yeah,
1: we'll cool. see. We'll see up. what happens. But yes. yeah, we, I think we should be very worried about Tom. Yeah. So yeah. Jasmine, yeah, it's, it's time for our favorite lines. Yes. So what's your favorite line from this episode or scene or moment?
0: Um I, I I'm gonna go back to uh the one with Richard and Meredith. So I think my my favorite line of the episode would have to be. Where Meredith looks at him and says, I'm not ready to go. My kids need yeah. me. And he looks at her and says, We all need you. And then he blows her the kiss through his suit. I just oh yeah. That hit me right in the feels. I, I absolutely love that me moment. Too. Um their relationship for me, you know, it's part of what's at the core of the season, not season, but the, the series in general. And that, um, I love that, that motif of chosen family in the sense of, um, you know, that Richard has chosen to be a part of her life and chosen to keep showing up when her biological family chose not to. Yeah, I thought it was really beautiful. And I loved that scene and it, it got me right in the heart. And, uh, That was it for me. What was, um, did you have a favorite quote or scene in this episode?
1: Well, absolutely. And since you chose an emotional moment, I'm going to choose a comedic one. I loved the moment between Joe and and Levi. Uh, Joe says at one point, I feel like I could just lay down and die. And Levi replies with, you really shouldn't say that during a pandemic. (laughs) And And he just speaks. And he, he words off the evil eye, like he wants the words yes. off the evil <laughs> eye. And I, I thought that was very, very funny. And, and the reaction from Joe, because she was shocked to see that. What the hell are you doing? So, yeah, I'm going to go with that.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, I think we've kind of covered everything we set out to cover. Um,
1: yeah i think so uh,
0: so uh that's our show everyone uh, if you like what you heard today be sure to subscribe like rate and review our show and tell your friends uh our theme song is inspired by kevin mccoyd you can find us on twitter at dance it out pod and on instagram at dance it out grace anatomy uh until next time i'm jasmine
1: and i'm giuseppe
0: and this is dance it out
1: a grace anatomy podcast